Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies on this show. And in this episode, we are finally returning to one of the franchises that we started a while ago. We are <laughs> going to talk about Scream 2. We did Scream 1 last October. Uh, mm-hmm. is, it's been like six months to yeah. <laughs> the Scream 1. Yeah, I uh, yesterday when I watched, I, I you know I asked my wife, I was like, "Hey, you want to watch uh, Scream Two tonight?" And she's like, "Oh, sure," but I don't think I saw the first one. I was like, "No, you did. We just watched it like a long time ago." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're rotating through so many franchises that, uh, and I think February, March, we had a lot of like 2018 catch up to do. That kind of slowed us mm-hmm. down. Um, we've only just recently started getting back to sequels. Before we get to our movie today, though, we are going to be looking at some horror movie news. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, and if that was stilted, but it's probably because we recorded the episode that you're watching or listening to before we started recording news portions to, to insert into them. So this may be a little mm-hmm. jarring, but we're here, and we're going to talk about yeah. what happened in the last week. Um, mm-hmm. We have something big to start start off with, actually. Um only a week or two mm. ago, we were talking about rumours of two more Halloween movies. And uh, yes. this week, they confirmed um, mm-hmm. that there's going to be two more, what the titles of these two films are, and when they're coming. There was a crazy part of the rumour, which is that we're going to release them both within a month of each other next year. Um, mm. They're not doing that. They're doing the more traditional two sequels back-to-back approach by doing them exactly one year apart. So, you're mm-hmm. getting Halloween 2 and 3 and uh, i mean that's not the titles i'll, I'll tell well, you the yeah. titles in a second but uh, you're getting them in october 2020 and october 2021 the titles of these two films uh which will involve Jamie Lee curtis the, you know the, the the teaser video was like oh the the saga of laurie strode and michael myers is not over yet mm-hmm. or, or whatever uh the, so mm-hmm. the next one's called halloween kills and the one in 2021 is called halloween ends mm-hmm interesting <laughs> thoughts thoughts on these titles how, how bad do you think they are i'm curious um i don't know uh, they're okay i guess i uh i, I don't know i i, I kind of miss like i, I don't know I, I really do like numbers and titles and i i know we haven't had that in a while um so i guess it would be weird <laughs> yeah to go back and be like oh no this is halloween 12 or whatever now but um yeah, I, I guess this is just the way we do it now. Uh, I guess they're okay. They are, like, a little weird to me. Uh, the thing I was joking about is, like, you know, it, it kind of makes it sound like Halloween is the name of the villain <laughs> in the movie. Halloween <laughs> kills. Like, yeah, it's like, well, no, Halloween doesn't kill. Michael Myers kills, and, and surely Halloween is not going to end. Like, the holiday will keep going on. Well, I mean... Uh, but, I mean you yeah. could argue that Halloween does end every year. You know, it gets to midnight, <laughs> and it's like, oh, Halloween's ending. There you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fair. I'll give you that. But <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's a little hard to get excited uh, about this because the the one thing that was kind of exciting about the news last week was, um, yeah, if they're gonna show them in the same month, that is something that is like so different. Um, that that was pretty exciting, but. Now that this is like, oh, just they're just doing a thing that lots of other movies have done before. And since you know, I'm still lukewarm on you know that uh, that last movie, uh, you know, watch our review for I, I think you know that was a I think that was a pretty good episode. We you know talked about a lot of stuff in it, but I mean ultimately, yeah, I still just kind of feel like the movie was fine, but 
you know, it's uh, I, I'm I'm glad they're doing more. I'll definitely be there, you know, day one to see it. But yeah, you know, at least right now there isn't like a ton to go on to get me too excited about it. Yeah, and it's the same director that confirmed that David Gordon Green, as well as Jamie Lee Curtis coming back to star in it, David Gordon Green is going to be directing both movies. So, um, presumably, I expect the family to be back. I'm expecting, you know, uh, Judy Greer and the granddaughter to, to be in them as well. Yeah, hopefully they get a little more to do. Uh, I, I do think that's a big problem with the, the last one is uh, it felt like they were trying to build up these new characters, but still didn't really, you know, feel like they were given that much. So, you know, it was still really the you know jamie lee curtis show which i mean she's amazing in it you know she's awesome but yeah if you're gonna go to the trouble to kind of have these new characters you want a little more depth to them uh i mean i mean my, my biggest worry is the direction and that was my biggest problem with, with last sure. year's movie yeah. it was over stuff for sure and that's part of the problem but um as tim's knocking out his earphones um <laughs> yeah i mean so for a bit of fun then what so just for the the, the final uh point here fact wise uh so halloween kills is october 16th 2020 halloween ends is october 15th 2021 uh so you know it's the same day each year basically uh and by the same day i mean it'll be that same friday it's just that obviously mm-hmm. we always move one in numbers each year yeah if no one's noticed that in the calendar like <laughs> if, if, if the 15th is a friday one year the next year will be a 16th or it'll be around whatever the point the point is, yeah. is that it makes sense they're, they're hitting that exact same week um that same weekend uh both years see i i just figured they're really confident about halloween ends that they move the date up by a day <laughs> uh, and i'm assuming it's afraid i feel like most movies actually open on thursdays now <laughs> but oh I mean, yeah, yeah 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 you know whatever um, i I'm mean check. yeah it- it's all a joke, you know. Friday is still the opening day, but I feel like now there's like Tuesday midnight showings. And I know, stuff. I know, it's insane. <laughs> um, although interestingly, Tuesday seems to have been the one that actually broke the the rule because typically, mm-hmm. if it was out on Thursday, but there was like midnight showings, but they're not midnight anymore. They're like seven p.m. on a Wednesday night. Yeah. They'd still count that as the opening weekend, but Spider-Man came out on a Tuesday, and that's officially the cutoff. They said, you know what? No, we can't include this in the weekend yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's like all week. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, Spider-Man had like a really relatively low opening weekend for like a movie of that type. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was still really good given that it had already been out for like three or four days, but um, yeah, but it affects it, obviously. So, uh, uh, so yeah. what, what would you call these? Because you couldn't call them like like halloween 12 and 13 because it kind of reboot i mean technically i was calling them two and three but technically it's three and four because halloween 2018 was a sequel to the first one <laughs> so um another podcast i listened to called the first movie the hello green so uh, <laughs> i kind of like that you call it the hello green trilogy or something well that's good well, that's good for us uh, for talking about them in a meta way but mm. it's not really good for the actual title of the movie oh the actual studio yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I, I don't know how you would have done it. Joe, what's but... weird though is that these titles make me think that the original title, of the last one, should have stayed, which was Halloween Returns. Which I and... like that one. Yeah. Yeah, but just because it seems like it's got a, a synergy with it. You know, Halloween Returns, yeah. Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. As much as yeah. I, I think Halloween Kills sounds like a stupid title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I might get a little more excited once we actually start, you know, seeing details and trailers and stuff. Like, and as of right now, though, it is just, I'm just kind of going by the assumption it'll be more of the same and the same I wasn't that crazy about. 
So. I, I don't know. I got hyped up on that last one, and I was really disappointed. So I, I'm going to have a lot more of a reserved yeah. calm attitude going into this next one. And if I'm pleasantly surprised, then great. True, yeah. Um, but no, keeping my expectations in check. Uh, so next up, we have an interesting legal dispute that's happening. Uh, so oh. you know, let me ask you a question, Tim. Okay. Uh, it that came yes. out in 2017. Obviously, we're getting it chapter two this year. Mm-hmm. Um, would you consider those a remake of the 1990 miniseries, or would you consider them a new adaptation of the same source material? A new that da- new adaptation, of course. <laughs> Yes, I, I would actually concur with that. If you're basing something in a book, that's probably how I'd put it. Mm. However, <laughs> a okay. legal case might prove otherwise if the if the people behind the 1990 version get their way. Uh, mm. So, where are we? So obviously, we've had some legal messages recently with Friday the 13th. So, Hollywood reporters broke this down. But uh, Frank Konigsberg and Larry Sanitsky... Uh, executive producers of the 1990 adaptation of Stephen King's novel filed a lawsuit this week at Los Angeles Superior Court alleging that they had a contractual right to be involved in any sequel, series, remake, or spin-off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we would we would agree that this new one isn't a sequel, isn't a, a no. TV show based on this, isn't a remake of this, and isn't a spin-off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, they covered almost all their bases, but the one thing that it does not say there is a new adaptation. Adaptation. Um, now, I suppose the argument is is that, well, if we don't count this as a remake, then technically nothing would have ever counted as a remake because it would have always been a new adaptation. So I, I guess True. in yeah. their eyes, remake just covers this because otherwise what else would a remake be? Because would it ever be a direct remake of that miniseries? Not really. Well, what, uh, what I would think is um, I, I think it goes back to what the original story is. So... Um, if you have an original movie like, uh, you know, The Thing, uh, that's, you know, uh, which I, I mean, well, actually, I could be wrong. I don't know if that was based on a book or something. But um, like if you have a, a movie that is just solely an original idea and then you remake that movie, I think that would you know count as a remake. Whenever you're talking about, um, you know, adapting something from, uh, you know, like a book or a TV show or something you know to me that always is going to be an adaptation of that original source material unless you are specifically referencing you know something that was you know made uh spe- like specially for the movie you know what i mean like mm. if in the original it miniseries if they added a new character that was not in the book and then that same character was in yeah. this new movie then i think that would be like a cause but you know i, I don't think there's any <laughs> anything like that yeah i mean i guess you look at it this way a remake is is the source material is the previous film but in this case the source material is the book i guess where it gets a little bit murky though is i'm sure there are remakes of certain movies that people still call remakes even though technically they're not like the thing people always refer to that as a remake but technically Mm -hmm. it's another adaptation of the source material but everyone calls it a remake that's true yeah. yeah um but I would never call Batman Begins a remake of 1989's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a new new version or, of Batman, but it's not based on that yeah. movie. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's kind of weird. Um, they're apparently saying they, they should have the rights to like 10% of the, uh, the the net profits of the new movies. Um, it took 25 years for them to get like a, a royalties check, and they got, they got a royalties check for $1 million in profits, but they're claiming that that seems fishy. That after twenty five years, that's all the, uh, you know, all the roads. But we'll see. How, 
come on, be happy with your million dollars, you greedy capitalist pig. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you do work and stuff, you definitely you know deserve to get paid for your art. But all these like shitty little legal battles for people that are probably already rich, it's like get over yourself, like you know. Yeah, I mean, I I've, never know. Heard of, I've never heard of these dudes. They may not be rich. I don't know. Um, I think the Friday the Thirteenth okay. one's a really interesting one, though, uh, because. <laughs> I mean, as much as it feels kind of, like, annoying because it's just this technical thing, it's like, no, mm-hmm. like, the, the law stated that after this many years, the writer would be entitled to get, get some of his rights back. Like, that was, a, that was a rule that was there at the time, and that time passed, and now he's arguing for his yeah. rights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, like, you know, I'm always going to side, uh, you know, with, like, the creators, like, the artists, the people that are actually you know like making these things um you know the, these producers on the it miniseries i have no offense but like i've never heard of them like i don't know how much they were involved in really getting this done like you know i don't know it's kind of hard to feel uh, much sympathy for them i mean I, I could be wrong maybe they were like you know super involved in the making of i never really heard anything about them uh, for me usually i only really feel like you know any t- type of sympathy or something for the you know actual like you know writer and director and stuff that bring these things to life like they definitely deserve to get paid and and stuff yeah. but uh um, and, and the vast if ma- it's just some like or, or just like you know we hear it all the time like you know especially you know not just horror stuff but like you know with you know comic book disputes and stuff when it's just mm. some like you know rich producer or whatever that is just kind of greedily holding on to the rights like like who cares like let it go <laughs> yeah um yeah, and the vast majority of the times I would side with the the the, the artists, if you will. Um, not not that I'm saying that they should never not be paid because <laughs> obviously they should. But right, right, um, when yeah. it comes to disputes, you, there's the rare case where they're the ones being the dickhead. But usually yeah. it's the producers or the studio or whoever. Um, so I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see. I, if I have to guess, either Warner Brothers, if they feel confident, will just go to court because they know they can win, or they'll just mm-hmm. give them a payoff, just so they'll shut up and go away and stop anno- annoying them. Yeah, that'd be my my guesses. But uh, yeah. um, next up, um, this is kind of a weird one because it's essentially the debunking of something that was kind of a rumored news story for like a little bit. Uh, but okay. the director of Happy Death Day 1 and 2 came out and just confirmed that there's no Happy Death Day 3 in development. Uh, mm-hmm. The exact quote is, unless Netflix wants to pony up and finish the trilogy, it just ain't happening. <laughs> Which is really depressing, because I, I really like those movies. Um, as much as the second one was really not a horror movie anymore, it kind of veered into just more of a sci-fi romp. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, again, listen to our review. I think that was a, you know, another really good episode. But uh, yeah, I really wasn't that hot on the sequel. Um, I, I still like the characters and the concept enough, though, that I would have, you know, enjoyed seeing another movie. So, um, you know, it is a bit of a bummer, especially if they did have, you know, a trilogy planned. But I mean, in this day and age, who knows? Like, you know, the, you know, it always seems like someone's like picking something up. Like, you know, if not. Uh, um netflix or something like maybe shutter or you know probably be a you know smaller budget but well, especially shutter would be really low budget but um yeah. but yeah no i mean honestly it's not a bad idea to float hey netflix because it's not a, it's not an expensive movie i mean the second movie cost nine million dollars which is oh wow i feel yeah. like netflix spend that much on movies yeah <laughs> they totally do so uh yeah go on netflix Maybe maybe make a deal so you get the rights to the first two, so you've got them on Netflix as a Netflix original as well. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, that's an idea. Uh, so next up, um, right, so Monster Party director uh, Chris Von Hoffman uh, is going to direct a horror film called The Unheard, uh, which is coming from a script from Crawl writers Michael and Sean <laughs> Rasmussen. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I haven't seen Crawl yet, but I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I'm also excited for Crawl. We won't be getting to it until the home video release because we have different release dates, annoyingly. Uh, but I, I did like the trailer, and it's oddly getting like really good reviews. <laughs> like, I was not yeah. expecting that. <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of people saying, like, oh, like, this is crazy. Like, this is actually a good movie. It's like, uh, yeah, didn't you see the trailer? <laughs> it's a giant alligator that eats people. What's not good about that? Yeah, but that's exactly the sort of movie I expect to get mediocre reviews, but it still end up being True. fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the fact that it's actually reviewing well is like, wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> um, so, no no plot details as of yet, but it seemed worth mentioning that we've got uh, The Unheard in production. Um, Ooh, did we watch Monster Party? I forget. <laughs> no, I've not, I've not seen it, so we definitely didn't. Maybe I might have watched it. <laughs> I think it was a Shudder movie, because it sounds very familiar. Okay, okay. Maybe it's something we'll do. Maybe we'll do it before this movie comes out. Yeah. You know, check out the director's previous work. Um, speaking of directors, uh, moving on in different things. Uh, so, uh, so Creep in Creep 2 director Patrick Brace mm. uh, is a... Yes, so he's got a release date for his new movie, uh, which is a cannibalistic horror comedy called Corporate Animals. Uh, it was acquired okay. by Screen Media. Um, it was originally going to come out in August, but it's been pushed back a little bit to September 20th for an on-demand release. So you can probably expect us to cover this. I imagine because of how close this is to October, this may end up in an October-thon uh, mm. okay. uh, inclusion. Uh, but the cast includes Demi Moore. Uh, there you go. Jessica Williams, who was in Booksmart and Fantastic Beasts 2. Uh, oh, okay. Ed Helms from The Office in The Hangover. Oh, uh, yeah. Karen Sony, who was apparently in uh, Detective Pikachu and Deadpool, I'm not, sh- I'm not familiar with her though. Uh, Heiress of the Sony fortune. Spelled with an I, unfortunately. So no, she's not getting that <laughs> Sony money. Uh, and then Nassim uh, Pedrad, who was in Aladdin and Despicable oh, cool. Me too. Um, oh yeah, she's like a comedic actress. Oh really? It's funny. Okay. Yeah. Go, go. Uh, so the film uh, Lucy, played by Moore, is the delusional CEO of a struggling startup aimed at millennials. In her infinite wisdom, <laughs> okay. Lucy leads her staff, including her long-suffering assistants, Jess and Freddy, on a team-building retreat in the caves of New Mexico, led by an over-eager <laughs> guide, played by Ed Helms. When disaster strikes and the food runs out, uh, mandatory office bonding becomes a lot more appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, this sounds great. I, I like, uh, you know, um, the other movies. Uh, what's that? And yeah. Oh, I th- sorry. I thought you said something. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I love things. creep and Tim's hearing things. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I love uh, creep and creep too. Uh, you know, sounds like he's got a lot of good actors involved. Uh, it's interesting premise. Uh, yeah, oh, just, you know, especially when I, when I started that news story, I thought it was going to be like a bunch of like you know like no names and like a movie that may end yeah. up being good because he's a decent director. I wasn't expecting. Oh, I actually know who most of this cast are. This is actually like a proper yeah. cast so yeah and it sounds like it has like you know kind of a you know funny kind of relevant uh aspect to it like um you know like obviously like you know corporate culture and you know especially if it's kind of like poking fun of like you know startups and you know trying to 
you know, like get that like millennial market and stuff like that. Sounds like it could you know, be pretty funny. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hadn't even heard about this at all. Now I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. Uh, next up, very quick thing here, but A Quiet Place 2 has started uh, production. Uh, it's coming out in 2020 and John Krasinski has returned to direct it, so he's uh, working on it now. Um, we don't know if there's going to be a proper title for it that they, they, they came up with. Right now it's just referred to as A Quiet Place Part 2. Okay. <laughs> it's not like A Quiet Place Kills or... <laughs> a Quiet Place Ends um, or A Loud Place. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... I'm excited to see it. I like the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Emily Blunt and the kids are repri- reprising their roles. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry is going to be in there. And Celly- Kellyanne Murphy is also in there. So, there you go. Oh, cool. Some cast. Scarecrow himself. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, uh, that's all the news, but we do have a few trailers that it's worth mentioning, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, talking about. Uh, first up, Daniel Isn't Real, which is a, a Shudder-produced uh, film, by the looks of it. Um, so this is from director Adam Egypt Mortimer. His middle name is Egypt. His, his parents <laughs> uh, must be fans uh, of Egypt. That's... Well, some people, uh, I know it was like a thing, that, you know, like some people name uh, their kids like after where they were conceived. So ah. I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that maybe that that's what happened there. Yeah, because that's so great. Hey, son, do I, do I, do I know where your middle name comes from? Oh, it's because that's where me and your mom had sex. Hell yeah. But yeah, my parents are cool. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger's in this. He's the <laughs> he's the lead. Uh, that's right. Oh, Arnold's, Arnold's son is in there. Heir of the Schwarzenegger fortune. <laughs> Yes. Or is this one spelled differently too? <laughs> no, no, that's, this is him. This is actually his son. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so this is hitting VOD in limited theatres on December 6th. Uh, we got a trailer for it. It looks like a bit of a mind F movie. Um, so I'm actually going to read the description here because I feel like I'm going to get more of this description than I did from the trailer because the trailer's a lot of quick cuts. Uh, but the description is, And Daniel isn't real. Troubled college freshman look. Not Daniel. Uh, suffers, uh, and that's played by Miles Robbins for the record. That's not that's not the uh, that's not Patrick. Uh, suffers a violent family trauma and resurrects a childhood imaginary friend, Daniel, played by Patrick Schwarzenegger, uh, to help him cope. Charismatic and full of manic energy, Daniel helps Luke achieve his dreams before pushing him to the very edge of sanity and into a desperate struggle for control of his mind and his soul. So, I got very little of that from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> the the trailer is more of a seems to kind of be setting like you know the tone of the the movie which yeah. uh i'm all for because it, it looks really great like you said you know it looks like a little bit of a you know mind f movie and uh but the you know visually like you know the music and everything like looks pretty cool yeah it's uh yeah there was a lot of scenes in the sort of corridor where all these red like led lights come down the side and um, at one point it said from the producer of Mandy and I'm like yeah I'm definitely getting similar kind of like not that it'll be the exact same movie by any means but just like I can see why this appeals to the same set of people <laughs> yeah and, and it's uh, I, I believe they said it's also from uh, Spectre Vision which I think is uh, Elijah Wood's company that sounds right yeah Spectre Vision yeah and, uh, cause, and I think they did Mandy uh, as well or were at least uh, somewhat involved in it so in fact, I, I yeah, mean he- Elijah Woods listed in the producers, so yeah. 
Okay, yeah. And I, I think they have like a really good eye for you know these kind of things. Yeah, it's definitely more of an art house movie. Uh, but these these space up the the infinite sea of cheap supernatural <laughs> movies that we seem to get on a regular <laughs> basis that I, you know, pull my hair out over, uh, which is what happened. I, I, I did not have a receding hairline. I just pulled it all out because things like The Prodigy and stuff like that. Um, so that was... have very similar heads, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, just to be very similar. Um, so uh, we also got a trailer for Three from Hell, um, Rob Zombie's <laughs> new concoction, which is a sequel to Devil's Rejects and... House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, you know what's funny is like uh, leading up to this, I, I saw like you know some different horror websites that they kept like putting updates like uh, you know Three from Hell trailer coming soon or like Rob Zombie says Three from Hell trailer will arrive in a few days. But like it always kind of felt like a threat, you know? <laughs> like it always felt like oh no, like oh no, Three from Hell's coming up. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean. It's it like looked, a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It looks like a Rob Zombie movie. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of grimy 70s faux visuals. Although it did, it did look like a... I don't, I don't know. The quality def, definitely didn't look as good, which you know, it was weird talking about like the quality when talking about Rob Zombie movie, which you know, if you... <laughs> quality? I haven't seen our... What yeah. quality? <laughs> but, but it definitely seems like the... Um, like his other movies, which you know, none of them I really like. They they still felt though like more like, you know, um, like like movie quality. Like this feels like I don't know, kind of like, you know, like TV or even like streaming, <laughs> like quality. Like it, it definitely didn't look as good as uh, you know, some of his other stuff. It looks lower budget, as we were saying. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, to be fair, some of his other stuff did like. Or some of his other stuff is pretty low budget anyway, I suppose. But um, I wonder if he just changed his shooting style a little bit and it's given it a different vibe. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I have, I have nothing to... I, you know, there was a lot of Sherryman zombie yelling. Sid Haig was great <laughs> at the camera. Like, you know, like... I, yeah. I have very little to add on this. <laughs> I really do. Um, no part of me wants to watch this. Um, <laughs> I, I remember we but did I... uh, 31. His, I, I think that was his last movie. Yeah, I guess the question though is, I mean, obviously we're gonna do this. Unfortunately, <laughs> it can't be avoided. Why obviously? Why it, obviously? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would like not to do it, but <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have to. But does that mean we're gonna have to go back and review Devil's Rejects and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses as well? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was go- that's gonna be a dark dark couple of weeks i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna be depressed as shit during those two weeks um all right so the final trailer we had was the uh, second trailer for it chapter two which uh looks like a sequel to it um yeah not to be cynical um i it's here's my thing like at chapter one, I enjoyed well enough, mainly because of the kids' stuff and the characters and their interactions. Yeah. Uh, I thought the horror stuff itself was the weakest part, and the fact that the second sure. one doesn't have the kids coming, but at least not really. Like there might be in a couple of scenes, but you know we're dealing with the adults mainly. Mm. Um, it does have me concerned that what I liked about the first one will be missing, and that the horror will just be uh, more of the same from the first one. 
So I am cautiously skeptical of it chapter two as of right now. Well, uh, I, I mean, you know, uh, faithful listeners uh, will know, like, yeah, I'm a huge uh, Stephen King fan. It's like my favorite book. Uh, and I really yes, did like the Tim, first movie. Tim's favorite book is Stephen King. I can concur. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying. You know what you <laughs> said. Big... You said you, everyone knows I'm a big Stephen yeah. King fan. It's my favorite book. That's that was the sentence you said. I, said, I no, I said, and it is my favorite book. But it's I, yes, yes. It's, an, it's annoying to talk about the film or the book it because it sounds like you're just talking about yeah. whatever you were speaking about before. <laughs> uh, but. I mean, I still have similar views as you, though. Like, I really did like the the first movie, but I, I agree. It's the, you know, what really pulled it together was the, you know, the, the kids were great and their interactions, you know, were very entertaining and it was fun to follow them. And the horror just really took a backseat. I wouldn't say that the horror in the first one was necessarily, like, bad, but it just felt pretty generic. Like, it, it, like you said, it's kind of the same stuff you would see in any you know, like big budget supernatural horror movie <clears throat> with maybe like a few cool things here and there. But yeah, and for, know, and for the record as well, Andy Muschietti, who's who's directing these two films, um, like he he did Mama, which I also thought was really kind of mediocre. So, mm-hmm. not not on my back. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, like you're saying though, you're a little worried because the kids aren't here. But uh, I would kind of counter that with, uh, you know, the grown-up version of the cast is looks pretty great though. I, I mean, I love Bill Hader. You know, James McAvoy is great. Jessica Chastain's great. Yeah, everyone like I, I think looks pretty solid. Matt so. is going to be so pissed that you left Jessica Chastain to third on that list. Like she wasn't the first <laughs> one to come to mind. He's going to be so pissed at you. <clears throat> I mean, she's great. Yeah, I'm having <laughs> say that she's uh, in it, but uh, I mean, I I love Bill Hader though. He, you know, he's like my my number one dude. Um, and so I was really excited that he's in it. And uh, I don't know. The trailer did get me excited. Um, I, I I'm trying to be like a little. Uh, cautious because again you know the horror is going to be the big thing here is it going to be a little underwhelming like the first one or did they maybe learn some lessons um but i don't know i'm excited and then it looks like they are uh referencing you know some stuff uh from the book that wasn't in the original miniseries so i'm excited about that and it also looks like they're adding some new stuff so that's always interesting to see so so uh yeah i'd say i'm i'm um I wasn't super hyped about this before, but after seeing these first two trailers, I am actually <laughs> getting pretty excited. But these, what's funny is I think the first trailer was the better trailer because it was because it just gave you kind of an extended scene and it gave you like a bit of a tone, and then a couple of yeah. shots at the end it was kind of like, see, they're all coming back together, the losers are coming back together. Um, whereas this one was a, a more generic trailer to me because it was a lot of quick cuts of different scenes. You know, it was very typical uh, in that sense. Yeah, typical, but it definitely worked on me, though. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I say that. Um, anything <laughs> I could say would merely be interpreted as an insult, and I don't think that uh, I want to put that out there for everyone to, to accuse me of such cruel, <laughs> cruel treatment. You know, uh, so I actually forgot to... Uh, uh, add this to the trailers uh, we talk about, and so uh-huh. I don't, I'm not sure if you um, wanted to broach it at all because it's not a not actually a um, uh, a movie. But did you see the trailer for the Creep Show? Uh, 
TV show that's coming? I I did actually. I think I did. Oh, okay. No, I did because I saw Adrian Barbaro and it was like twelve chilling tales. Yeah, no, I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like. Uh, again, it's another thing where it, it's kind of, uh, especially like with an anthology, it's kind of hard to judge it too much on like a two-minute trailer. But I'm pretty excited for it. Again, I. Uh, I'm a huge, huge creep show fan. <clears throat> There's a little bit of a King connection there because you know he um, he wrote the first one and then the uh, I think he wrote all the first one. I, I could be wrong, or maybe he co-wrote with George Romero. But then the, the second one, uh, they adapted one of his short stories. And then uh, yeah, I don't think they're doing any specific King stories in this new series, but I do think they are doing a Joe Hill story, which uh, okay. is interesting. Um, yeah. But. Uh, I, I'm excited for the trailer. Uh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a, oh my God, I can't wait kind of trailer. Uh, but it was enough to be like, a, all right, this looks like it could be good. It has potential. Um, yeah. But, uh, I'm excited though. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's something we've talked about doing um, in some capacity when it hits. Yeah, I, I think it would be, uh, yeah, it would make sense <laughs> for yeah. us to do it. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I, I feel like... Um, because uh, I mean, did Shudder put all their episodes out in, in one go? Did they do the, the binge thing, or did they do them weekly? Uh, I don't think they've had many like new TV shows yet. Hmm. So this might actually be their first. But I, I think they had maybe some similar stuff that like uh, because uh, well they they have had TV shows on Shudder, but it's always been like older stuff like you know Channel Zero or whatever. Oh They'll sure, just yeah, put up, like, yeah. A whole season. Um, I know, I know the, the they, last drive-in was weekly, but that makes sense. That, that wouldn't work as a binge. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. And then the uh, and then they had stuff like they had the the critters thing. They released all at once, but those were like it wasn't really like a TV show. Those were like eight minute shorts, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I know they have done a. Oh wait, there was one that uh, again wasn't really like a TV show kind of thing. I think it was more like a. 10 to 15 minute like kind of like web series or something that uh I, I think those they did all at once but they've also done like weekly podcasts uh that they but those they only do one a week so yeah. um yeah, I, I, i'm not really sure how it's gonna go the point of my question though is just basically how we would cover it you know if it's one a week then easy yeah. enough just one a week if they put them all at once it'll be like well we'll do them by whatever pace makes sense um yeah uh but yeah uh so it basically would be like another short little tales from the crypt given that we've we've done yeah. all of that now um yeah. yeah although i think the last one isn't actually up for everyone yet but i mean within the next week or two that that'll be completely all up and out for everyone yeah. finally oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah uh so that is the that is the news but stream two um so you know i saw stream one soonish after it came out uh if i remember correctly i saw scream 2 when it hit pay-per-view at the time mm-hmm. that, that, i remember I, because i remember like because back, back you know back listen up kiddies back in the late 90s <laughs> uh when something hit pay-per-view you had to like put in your four-digit pin to to purchase it through your cable provider mm-hmm. and then you got the movie at whatever showtime it was uh it was mm-hmm. playing at because it wasn't like on demand at the time it was like a channel that you just you unlocked for the two hours or so that it was playing uh that was how it worked uh but i remember watching that when when did uh do you have the dates on when the first one and this one came out what year uh yeah the first one was 96 this one was 97 
Okay, so because I well, oh wow, that's I didn't realize they were so close. Uh, let's see, ninety six. I would have been ten, so I don't think I would have been able to see this in yeah. theaters. Uh, I, uh, I did... uh, it's worth mentioning though, the second one was like it was like December ninety seven. Like it was right at the end. Okay, yeah. Because I feel like I saw the first one, like, uh, maybe I rented it at, like, a cousin's house or something. Because I remember, like, yeah, them explaining the plot to me. And then, (laughs) I don't know if this is true, but my cousin said, like, after she watched the first movie, someone called her up and was doing the scream voice and asking her, like, you know, her favorite scary movie and stuff. And that that made me, like, really scared to watch it. Because I'm like, oh, is that going to happen to me? (laughs) Like, uh, Worth, Worth mentioning, when this came out, like... Like I was what, like eight, nine, <laughs> something like yeah. that. You were maybe ten, like, eleven. I I would have been ten with the first one, eleven with the second one. Then yeah. Right. Um, I like. Yeah, it was nineteen ninety eight when I saw this, and I I think I saw the first one not long before I saw the second one. I think I saw the second one like early ninety eight, mm-hmm. and then I I saw the, I saw the second one when I hit pay per view, um, mm-hmm. and. I liked the first one at the time, and obviously we talked about the first one in October. I quite liked mm-hmm. it. We'll start spoiler free, by the way. We'll give you warning in the middle before we go into spoilers, mm-hmm. uh, just just for the record. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, I I, I liked the first one. I thought it did a lot of interesting things. Uh, rewatching mm-hmm. it recently, I still feel that way. I think it's it's got a lot of smart things going for it. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, it was really successful. It kind of rejuvenated the slasher movie for the nineties. It sort of recreated mm-hmm. what the slasher movie was. We had a lot of knockoffs. We had, you know, I know what we did last summer. We had Urban Legend. We had all these different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so naturally, Scream was going to get a sequel. Uh, Wes Craven came back. Kevin Williamson, the writer, came back, and mm-hmm. I think I think the promise was is that they would use this to explore the idea of what the sequel tropes were. Because like, the first film did a lot with, okay, this is what a slasher movie is and how it functions, and we're going to play with that. This movie, yeah. at least on theory, is going to be playing with what a sequel is and how sequels up the ante, how sequels maybe twist things around from the first one, mm. all that kind of stuff. And I guess super meta, because one, one of the plot elements in this is that there was a movie made in the, in the film based on the book that Gail wrote, mm about the first film so there's like this film called stab where we have like heather graham playing like a small role as the as the drew barrymore of of the yeah. stab <laughs> movie mm-hmm. uh, and we see luke wilson playing like the billy in the mm-hmm. movie and, and so on um yeah. but th- so so this movie comes out and the, the plot of scream 2 is that we're, we're at a college campus now where sydney is uh randy's also there uh, and then because those murders start up, both Gail and Dewey show up. So we get like all of our surviving characters more or less are back, and we have some new characters. Uh, and murders happen. Sequel <laughs> references are made, and we'll we'll get into more of it as we go. But uh, so watching this again, um, maybe you can answer this sort of as a as a twofer here. How did you feel about Scream <laughs> Two back in the day when you first saw it, and how did you feel about it watching it now that you know? <laughs> presumably it's been some time since you've seen it because mm-hmm. yeah i um yeah because i i like the screen movies but it's not a franchise that i revisit often you know like your you know fridays or your nightmares or whatever um honestly i'm not sh- sure how i remember when i first saw it. I, I think i did like it when i first saw it uh re-watching it now uh i would say that uh i, I do like it but again i, I don't love it um, I think, uh, I think there are some people that are like, like hardcore, like into this movie. Like, yeah, you know, I've seen like, 
you know, like film Twitter and horror Twitter and stuff talk about before. And, and, you know, some people even saying it's like better than the first one. And I definitely wouldn't go that far. Uh, I do think it like um, it is actually a really good idea to make a sequel uh, to Scream just because of the meta nature of it that um, exploring you know, like like making a very meta movie exploring like the idea of sequels is very interesting, but I don't know. I feel like they don't really go uh, as far with it as I want them to. Like it kind of seems like uh, like to me, it kind of feels like it's kind of dropped a little bit in the middle and it just kind of turned into a, you know, more or just a regular kind of slasher thing. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's like there's, there's some stuff that I, I kind of having like a little trouble deciding if um like okay this thing is stupid but is it stupid on purpose like are are they trying to make a comment on like oh no this is big and dumb and over the top but that's because that's what sequels are and like you know that's because you know a lot of times sequels will make these leaps in logic and you know be kind of dumb so it's kind of hard for me to really say like all right i don't like this thing but is it actually kind of smart because it's making like you know a commentary on that you know what i mean it's, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say because I there's definitely it's like does it excuse it when like because I I feel like the the big thing I'll compare these movies to in a lot of ways is, is Cabin in the Woods where where I, which I would argue outstreamed Scream if if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think like for a long, long time, like Scream was like the champion of like the meta horror movie, and then I think I definitely think Cabin outdid it, uh, but. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think that I have I have almost nothing to fault in Cabin in the Woods. Uh, whereas Scream, I think sometimes kind of it, it walks this fine line of wanting to still be a proper horror movie, but also being the meta movie. And there's certain things where you're like, okay, do I forgive this because it's trying to be meta? But if it doesn't feel that way in the, the script where you're watching it, you're just like, no, this just feels like the, the, the trope. I I feel like yeah. Just, even though you're pointing out you're doing the trope, if you're still just doing the trope, you're not really, really making it any more entertaining. Right. You know, just because just yeah. there's a wink, wink on it doesn't necessarily fix it on its own. It's it's, yeah, it's kind of rough. Scream Scream Two for me, like I think Scream Two is a decent sequel. Um, I I think there's a couple of things that hold it back for me. One is, and I didn't ever realize this until I watched it again, uh, is that it's full two hours long this movie is long for what it is and i think there's like several elements of this you could cut down considerably like like all all, and i get what it's doing here with like sydney being like an actor now and she's like in the theater and like we use the theater set a lot especially in the third act i really don't like this whole subplot (laughs) oh yeah See, see, see there's a scene in the middle of the movie where she's like rehearsing the play in like she starts to get scared in the middle of it, and like we're we're getting all these shots of like people with the, the fake knives, and it's like is one of them really the killer it's, kind of thing? Well, it it's insane because like the play or whatever involves like mass people with knives going to stab this character, and it's like of course she's gonna freak out about it, like <laughs> you know she like all of her friends died by like getting stabbed by, by this dude in a mask, and she's it's it's crazy to me that they. That she would like be okay with doing that. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And I mean, I, I like seeing David Warner, who's like our our, our oh, teacher. Oh yeah, he's great. Because uh, you might know him from the hit film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Also, Star I, Trek I always... Five and Six. Uh, also, oh sure. <laughs> uh, no, that I actually forget. Like, there's like a lot of uh, you know, like recognizable people in this. Oh, like sure, both of them and. 
and it's funny because there's people that are like recognizable from the 90s that you don't see as much anymore but then there's also a lot of people that uh you wouldn't have recognized back then but recognize now sure yeah um because the movie does the same thing as the first one where it starts off with like someone who's oh that's the thing i'm not even sure how like was jada pinkett smith because this was before she was married to will smith as well i'm sure but was she that and like did people know who she was when this came out uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say she was probably like well known, but pr- also probably not like the level of like Drew Barrymore in the okay. first movie. You know? Yeah. It, if I had to guess. Yeah. So because this so the thing with her where she's in the opening sort of scene and it's kind of like doing a, a well, sequel deep, yeah. to the first movie in that sense, where it's it's doing the the opening kill scene, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, once we get into spoilers, I really want to talk about this opening scene because <laughs> it's sure. kind of nuts. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you've got, uh, you know, Timothy Oliphant's in there uh, to, who, you know, this is what I knew him from first, but he went on to be the villain in Die Hard 4 and he's been in, you know, various other things. Um, yeah. You have uh, Jerry O'Connell, who people who watch Sliders know him from Sliders. I never <laughs> I never saw Sliders, so I, I knew him from from uh. this big sliders fan <laughs> growing up yeah uh he, but he's he, in stand by me though that should be that's what people should know him from that's i saw that's long before i saw stand by me though <laughs> so i mean yeah. that's so <laughs> he's it, also a little kid then you well, it's not yeah. recognizable uh, so he he's actually one of my biggest problems in the movies i think his character is dull as shit and i i hate him oh, yeah like, he's, he's terrible <laughs> he, like he's doing this because they're doing this whole thing where because the boyfriend turned out to be the killer right last time and he, yeah we're spoiler free for this movie but i kind of have to bring up <laughs> the first one sure. um like he he they do this thing where it's like oh could he be the killer because he's the boyfriend and like he almost intentionally acts in a couple of scenes to be as like like not mysterious but as guilty as possible even though it makes no sense yeah given like what he's actually doing and you know there's a scene where like they, they question if he if he is suspicious and he just like he does this thing where he's like it's just lucky that you are unlucky you got there too late and that he got away gulp and it just it looks like you look like you're in a cartoon like you're the you're, you're the actual bad guy in a cartoon right now the way you're acting uh that, yeah. and he's also just really bland in this movie uh he's sure he is and this is like Let's just acknowledge right now, Sarah Michelle Gellar is in this movie, who you may know as Buffy <laughs> Summers from the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But of course, of course, <laughs> this dude is such a Riley. This character, <laughs> he he is Riley okay, from Buffy. Okay. That's who yeah. he is. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not. He's not offensive, but he's not interesting. Yeah, like, he's just he's just, he's just there. shit. Um, yeah. In fact, speaking of people you recognize, the, the one of the main girls uh, in the sorority house, uh, one of them is the from Urban Legend, funnily enough, which also starred Joshua Jackson, who has a small role in this in the film class. Uh, the other girl, of course, is Portia de Rosa from Arrested Development uh, when she was younger. Portia de Rossi? Is it de Rossi? Yeah, sure. I, I probably mispronounced that. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I'll take your word for it. Um, but, but yeah, uh, like, uh, is crazy to see her in something that's not arrested development i know i know it's, it's weird i was like because it took me a second i was like wait i know her oh it's yeah what's her face from for arrested development uh so yeah there's a lot of faces it's, it's full of faces and then, yeah and then uh well i was gonna say we have one other uh returning character from the first movie but i don't know is it a spoiler to say that is, 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's. Uh, I mean, giveaway. Joe, Joe what's weird about that is that in the first, I think I mentioned this when we talked about the first one, is that there's like one shot of him on the news in the first one, and it is Lee Schreiber that like they had that actor in the first one, and then here he's like obviously got a much bigger role. He pops up quite a few times in this film, and I couldn't help but feel like this is it's weird that they actually cast an actor they were willing to keep for the, for like a bigger role in the second movie. Because he's yeah. a nothing. Because in the first movie, he's a nothing character. He's just backstory. We see him on the news at once, and that's it. Yeah, and and of course, yeah, he has like a bigger role. So again, it's you know playing with the idea, like all right, so yeah, you know he wasn't the killer in the first one, but you know he did wrongfully go to jail uh, because yes. of Sydney. So could that be a possible motive? Yeah, as as he pissed off, as he as he as he wanting revenge, kind of thing. Um, and obviously all the regulars are back. Uh, can I actually say what one of my favorite things about this movie is? Sure. <laughs> it's that when they were do- when they were doing their initial edits of the film, they used uh, music from Broken Arrow for Dewey, like his theme in this movie is from Broken Arrow, oh. and they okay. fell in love with it so much that they never bothered writing new music for it. They just they just got the the, the rights to use the Broken Arrow soundtrack. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so that <laughs> that's cool. Dun, 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 that that's Broken Arrow. If you and it's, and it's worth mentioning, Broken Arrow came out in like nineteen ninety three or something like that, maybe ninety five, mm. something in that range, something in there. So it's only a couple of years old at this point. It, it, it was the music they played when John Travolta was like being all villainous in Broken Arrow. That is Dewey's soundtrack in this, and I kind of love that. <laughs> that's cool. I'm not, I, I don't think i've actually seen broken arrow but uh, well it's not a horror movie for tim so you wouldn't have seen it of course <laughs> of course not <laughs> uh, but wait is is nick cage in it or is it just john travolta no it's john travolta and christian slater it's in a uh, broken arrow oh, okay that's uh, not worth watching then as you say if, if it is a nick cage movie I'll, hey I'll christian out, slater's but... a good reason to watch a movie uh okay i guess <laughs> come on the slater come on uh-huh sure well, let's do Hello Man soon. Um, that was Slater, right? Oh wait, oh, was that, that Kevin, Kevin Bacon? Bacon. Okay. <laughs> All these boring white guys. That was a, that was a that was such a weird thing. I was like, "Yes, we should watch Hollow Man soon." Then I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Christian Slater has nothing to do with Hollow Man. We should probably watch Hollow Man though. That might be a um, a Patreon only episode. <laughs> Why? I don't know because it, it, it feels like that. It's it, it's like pretty bad, right? Is, is it about an invisible maniac? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it it fit in our uh, our uh, model or, or whatever formula we're doing with that. I feel I feel like invisible. But, I feel like Hollow Man. Sorry, is is one that you could argue is either horror or sci-fi, depending on how you feel. Like I feel like the last act is definitely a horror movie. All right. Well, so, do it on uh, Ace then. I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm not saying we should. I'll avoid that one. I'm, I'm just saying that you could argue either way. You could argue that it's more of a sci-fi movie. Because I, I, I would sure. say classic Invisible Man's a sci-fi movie. Well, you could argue it, I guess, but I don't know. I, I feel like I don't want to separate it from the other Universal monster movies. I feel like it fits with them, and I don't want to make a differentiation between like. All right, all these universal monsters are horror monsters, but this one is a sci-fi monster. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, so, yeah, so, so big cast. What's going on yeah. cast-wise? And like I say, there's, t- there's too much even because we have, you know... Like, a lot of characters. Yeah, like I say, like the, the, the whole the, the, the theater stuff, like I, I, I don't like at all. Um, well, like... 
Yeah, I think maybe like it feels like there's like too much stuff like folk because like you have like the film class and then the theater stuff and then the fraternity and sorority stuff. I feel like maybe you could have just picked like one of those things mm-hmm. and kind of have that be more of a focus. Probably I would have wanted to go with the film class because even though it feels like a little uh i don't know like pedantic or something or something like re-watching it like i do still like uh you know seeing all these movie nerds and stuff fighting about like uh what's the best sequel? you know like oh mm. yeah even though it's just like <laughs> the kind of shit you see on twitter all the time now but like <laughs> uh, but at, at the time it was kind of like novel to actually see people in movies talking and referencing other movies and stuff uh, and oh. especially like knowing more about horror now when you watch it and they uh mention stuff like uh, I, I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, the, like later on the movie when they actually mentioning like, you know, like legit like horror movies and stuff, and you're like, oh yeah. Do, I, do I know it's funny actually. Now. There's a there's a scene when uh, Jimmy Kennedy, uh, a Randy rather, is, is on the phone right, and he's he's listing off slasher movies, and what's funny watching this now is that I don't know when I last watched this, but I can guarantee you this is the first time I've watched this movie where every single slasher movie he names I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah, Cause it, yeah. Because they he, he mentions graduation day, he mentions final exam, day. he mentions. Oh yeah, because they're talking about like all like school related ones. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, I've seen all these. I've literally seen yeah. everyone he mentioned. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that that wasn't true when I first saw this for sure. I never heard of these things. <laughs> you know what? I, I wasn't thinking about it when I watched it yesterday, but there's like the running gag where uh, you know Timothy Oliphant's character is trying to name sequels that were better than the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like missed opportunity. But he never mentions Evil Dead 2, which you think like, like, I think, uh, you know, maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people would would say they like that one better than the first one. But also there's a connection with, uh, you know, Wes Craven. That's Uh, true. It feels like that would have been a good one to bring up. Uh, What's weird, though, is he kind of wins the argument in class, though, because he finally he brings up Godfather Part 2, which everyone shuts up and says, yeah, you know what? Okay. Um, Yeah. Although I'm going to be weird here and say I actually prefer the first Godfather, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't even know if I saw part two. <laughs> <laughs> They're not horror movies. What do you want from me? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll but... watch The Ghoul Father if that ever <laughs> is a movie. Um, but what I. Uh huh. Pardon me. Care <laughs> my mouth. Um, Hairball. Yeah, hairball. This is the cat's fault. But uh, here, so here's one of the... these days, you are gonna like leave your monitor on. We're just gonna see you cleaning one of your cats in the background. There you. So here's here's the, here's the weird thing though uh, about the, about that gag is that it's in the scene in the classroom, and then there's obviously the one scene later on where he's like, "Hey, by the way, I've got another one, Empire Strikes Back," and Randy says like, "Not a sequel, part of a trilogy, totally planned, completely different," and I'm like, "Piss off." That that trilogy yeah, was that... not planned out from the start. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not like that logic. Also, I don't think like uh, even if you plan for a sequel, it's still a sequel. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that's yeah. necessarily uh, something that should you know move it out of the running or whatever. And I'm not saying that they didn't plan for more, but like it wasn't like they, they didn't rate the whole trilogy before they made the oh, yeah. first one. No. Like that was not yeah. a thing. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. With that. like the the only thing that's been planned like that really is like Lord of the Rings. I think the Japanese Samurai mm-hmm. trilogy was because that was like because that came out three years back to back, which would imply that if nothing else, it was made very tightly in one big chunk. Um, but if most trilogies are just movies that have three in the series. They're not they're not <laughs> all planned. Yeah. in advance. 
No. And now another thing too, I don't know if uh, I, I mean you're the uh, <laughs> film asshole <laughs> here, so you would <laughs> probably uh, be able to answer this more definitively than me. But like, uh, so when you're talking about like the best sequels or whatever, does that only count number twos or like could you say like a third or a fourth movie? Because you know it's a sequel, a still sequels. series of yeah. movies or whatever. It's still sequels. Okay. I, yeah, because. Because they never bring up anything that's like a third or a fourth or whatever. I, I think the the point here is that, uh, well, you could argue there's just not many good ones. Sure, yeah, <laughs> and that's what typically yeah. the late, the further down you go, usually it, it's not as good. But uh, I, I was just curious because I don't know if like I, I feel like sometimes people might like be like if you're like oh like I like uh, my favorite sequel is whatever. Uh, you know, Dream Warriors or something, and people might be like, well, that's the third one. Like, no, like, no, right, well, you're just talking about number twos or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's a sequel. It's, it's a goddamn sequel. It's, um, yeah. I, I think technically, like, for the meta narrative of this film, since this is Scream 2, it does make sense to just do two movies. Yeah, but, well, they're, yeah. they're talking about, like, someone trying to make a real life sequel to, to their life, right? Because Stab's coming out, so which would make it the second one. So I, I think there are just here, it just makes sense thematically, like you say, that everything's just the second one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, someone should have brought up. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, there's no Evil Dead two, but someone does bring up House two, the second story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting choice. I'm not come on. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen House two, but I don't think it really like super stood out to me. At least like if it is better, I don't think it's like leaps better. Well, we'll do it one day and we'll find out. <laughs> so that I'll, means we're gonna have to do the whole franchise though, I which. I'm not saying three and four get crazy. Yeah, I'm not saying we start now. I'm so you know let's let's cross a few of these off first, and then we'll yeah. we'll think about adding house on. Uh, so there's also there's, there's a couple of Friends jokes in this one. I feel like the first movie didn't have a lot of like oh, yeah. uh, jokes about you know Courtney Cox being from Friends, but there was like the joke that David Schwimmer plays uh, Dewey. Oh yeah, and uh, and yeah. stab. And then there's a joke later on. Like I think Randy says something like, oh, "Our our photos get leaked off the internet," and she's like. Uh, those weren't real. That was my head pasted on Jennifer Aniston's body. Um, yeah, they're amusing. Like they're, you know, there's whatever. It's it's one of those things though where yeah. I feel like if you show this movie to someone in twenty years, like they might not actually have ever heard of Friends or know who these sure. people are. <laughs> it's, like, it's like whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're fine enough. It, it the, I, th- I do feel like this movie does like lean into the comedy uh, a, oh, a bit more. It definitely does. See, see, even just the opening kill. It feels like it's played for, for more of an, an animated kind of thing. Like, this, yeah. Honestly, this is... Because I think the first movie still tries to be a serious horror film, even though it's doing all this like satire Definitely. meta stuff. I feel like this one, it kind of go, go, goes past the point where it's being less of an actual horror movie. And it's one of those things where when it goes, gets to the fourth movie, but when we get there, when I saw the fourth movie, my initial thought was like, this isn't even trying to be a horror movie anymore. It's not even under the pretense that it's supposed to be suspenseful or supposed to be in, in you know the killer's meant to be intimidating like all that is just gone by the fourth movie this one still has some of it but there's definitely some some of the kill scenes that feel like that's just that's felt like it was more like it was about just the joke of what it was doing rather than the actual like oh we're supposed to be tense because the killer's chasing someone or because yeah. you know whatever um it's, uh, it's interesting i don't necessarily remember feeling that way about the fourth movie but i felt like i kind of got that with the third movie a little bit because i mean you know we'll get that but to me like third movie really goes off the rails but oh the third oh we'll get to the third movie <laughs> uh 
Yeah, and there's some meta jokes. Like, I like there's a character in this, the camera guy, uh, who literally oh, yeah. just saves himself by saying that he's just not going to stick around because, you know what, no. Yeah. Your previous camera guy got killed. Uh, black guys usually die first in this. I'm just going to yeah. leave. And then he survives yeah. because he leaves. He's, it's actually kind of funny. Like, like okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, other than that, like, yeah, there's just, there's just elements. Like, I think the boyfriend sucks. I think the, the drama yeah. club stuff kind of sucks. And I, I wish we spent more time with the film class, like you said. I wish we spent more time... Maybe actually, like I, f- I feel like Sydney's plot in this feels kind of weird. Like she, she oddly had less and less to do in each movie. And I know in the third movie she uh, could only film for like a week or something like that on the because she had a oh, lot wow. of commitments. So that's why her plot is like so small comparatively compared to before. Oh. But even in this one, I felt like we were cutting around so many characters doing different things that it didn't really feel like she was the center of the movie anymore. Even though the the killers and like why that's happening still it still pretends like it is. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, you know, there's like because there's a whole scene in the middle where uh, like the boyfriend like sings to her. You know, he's up in the cafeteria table. Oh yeah, what the hell was that? <laughs> that, that like felt so out of place. It, it well, very weird. <laughs> the whole point is, is that he he feels like she's been thinking of him as suspicious, and that she doesn't want to like be like close anymore because of what's going on, and he makes this big you know gesture of giving giving her mm-hmm. his greek letters because he's in a fraternity or some bullshit american college tradition um and he just sings to her it's this big thing and you know it kind of like softens her up a little bit and she feels better again and i think it's meant to make us like him i think that's the point of it sure yeah um and maybe it's meant to be the polar opposite of that scene in the first one where like billy's in the, the corridor with her and he's like it's not me sid and he's like stupid you know yeah yeah and i um yeah that was a. Uh dumb scene honestly uh i think really though like we've ta- i feel like we've talked about a lot of like scenes and stuff but the one thing we're we're not really talking about and i think that's a detriment to this movie is like the kills I don't, I don't think yeah i don't think there's that many great ones like especially compared to the the first one which like you know the first one you can rattle off your head like this one this one this one this one like this one it's kind of like you know you have the big opening scene and then you have the ending but in the middle it's kind of like the, the, the kill, much. Joe, what's worse about it is at one point when Randy's talking to Dewey and he's like, okay, so here, here's the sequel rules, right? And he's like, oh, every, this, this, because of the sequel, you have to do this. It can't be the boyfriend again, blah, blah, blah. One of the things he says is that the kills have to be bigger and bloodier. Like, yeah, it has to be amped up. It has to outdo the first one. And I feel like it's the opposite. The kills in this are, like, much yeah, weaker it's... and kind of boring <laughs> compared to the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's strange. I think maybe that's one of the one of the big things that's holding it back. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you kind of maybe focus in on uh, tighten it up a little bit and maybe get some better kills in there, it could have been like really cool. But uh, I'll also say I, I think we're kind of edging towards spoilers. Uh, so I'll just say kind of before we get there, the mm-hmm. other thing I'm not crazy about is I really don't like the ending. Um, I, I think it's kind of stupid, but I mean, again, you know, going back to, you know, what I kind of talking about in the beginning, like, I, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be stupid because it's making mm. a commentary on like, oh, aren't sequels ridiculous? Like, look at this kind of, you know, really ham fisted forced thing. Or if it is like genuinely supposed to be like, oh, isn't this a surprise? Like crazy, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, no, not, I... I'm not really sure. I, either way, I, I don't love it. <laughs> I, I think it's missing the atmosphere of the first one as well. I feel, I feel like there's something lost and. Mm. In... 
I don't know, almost the... Because the characters are like, oh, it's happening again, and we're kind of scared about it, but, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like... As much as it's funny having Sydney waking up and someone calls her and says, what's your favourite scary movie? And she's like, oh, she's got caller ID and she's like, oh, hey, Evan, whatever, this is your number. Um, like, yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> that, that's funny on its own, but I almost get that feeling throughout the whole movie where the mystique's kind of gone. Like, you know, oh, sure, yeah. And yeah. It just kind of feels like we're going through kind of the motions to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We'll, we'll do spoilers then. So full spoilers. I'm just my cat's distracting me over the side. <laughs> full spoilers for for Scream Two. Um, I want to talk about how so so Dewey Dewey and and Gail have their chemistry still, and I think their chemistry's still there. I, you know, every time they interact in this movie, I kind of like the scenes. I like you know him sticking up for himself and being kind of stern with her. And I th- I think in terms of I, I guess technically not a kill scene, but maybe like one of my favorite like killer scenes is the one like with that with them uh in the, in the soundproofed yeah. area yeah no I thought and that was pretty cool that's really good because yeah because he's behind the glass and she can't hear him because everything's sound treated um because they're because they're in like the audio visual you know building mm-hmm. uh, on the campus and given the windows like a film class it makes sense that all this stuff is here um but actually one of my weird nitpicks of this whole thing is like okay so i like their relationship i, I like their chemistry and like her trying to apologize it's all good stuff so they basically have this idea that our cameraman has been filming a lot of like crowd footage throughout all the various moments in the film. Is like, hey, if the killer's always watching, they might be on the footage. So they literally have a quest here at this point to find like a VCR and a TV to watch the footage on. And I'm like, this is 1997. It's not that hard to find a VCR and a TV. And they end up yeah. having to go to the, 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 you know, the, the, the film and TV side of the school and get like a TV in there. And I'm like, like, where are you two staying? You don't have, like, a VCR. I mean, I know they're not living in... obviously at hotels right now, but you're, you're telling me your hotel room doesn't have a VCR on a TV? One of you? <laughs> I, I didn't think about that, but that is kind of crazy. Like, it's just I, weird. Yeah, at that time, like, I had my own TV in my room, and it's not like, you know, my family wasn't rich or anything. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it is, it's, it's weird because it changes to night time before they actually get to it because it you know, goes to like this exterior shot and it's like they've been looking for a while and it just it felt weird to me. I'm like, what? Why is this so hard? Just Yeah. <laughs> TVs and VCRs are pretty plentiful, especially in 97. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, de- that definitely yeah, it shouldn't have been <laughs> too crazy. It was, it was weird. It was, it was weird. But uh, yeah, you're right. Out of the horror kind of moments, <laughs> that was probably my favourite stuff was like them sneaking around the soundproof areas because uh, that was kind of interesting, um, yeah. and I, I get what it's doing at the ending, where you know Sydney kind of defeats the killers by literally using like the the fake sets and stuff. It's just like use, using the the art itself to fight back when the killers in both movies so far have used art, used slasher movies as their as their main weapon, right? She's using literal mm-hmm. like theater props and the fake walls and everything to like hurt hurt the killer. So I, I guess we have to talk about who the killer is and like you yeah, know. I just I, a quick question. I I do wonder though if that is supposed to be like some type of commentary as to be, like being like oh like live theater <laughs> trumps movies and or something like that. I don't think so. I, I think it's just purely about <laughs> her her using like art to fight back essentially kind of thing. Okay. Um. So, much like the first film, we have two killers, uh, which is fine. Um, it, it felt weird to me to do two killers again, but whatever. Here's my problem. Because that's like a surprise in the first one. It was, yeah. In this one, it was like, yeah. oh, 
two of them again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they tried to make it interesting because when we find out who the first killer is, he, he kind of tries to imply that it might be Derek, the boyfriend, and then it's, it's implied for a second that it's Gail, even though we know as the audience it's not Gail because she, she was running from the killer like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, uh, so here's my, here's my problem with the killers in, in Scream 2. Now, I, I really like Laurie Metcalf. I think she actually does a really good performance when she does come out as the killer, one of the killers. Yeah, I think she, she's a great in general. Like any, yeah. I'm always uh, happy to see her. She, yeah, she always Lady Bird. Job. She was great in Lady Bird. You know, she's she's mm-hmm. a great actress. Her and Timmy Elephant, who took who both turned out to be the killers, their characters are so minor in this movie that it just kind of feels like he isn't the surprising because it was minor. Like, like why isn't Cotton the killer? That would actually have been more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i, I agree it, it, it's like uh well, i mean i don't know necessarily i kind of do like kind of being a uh a, a good guy but yeah probably would have been more interesting but if, if, not, like, if, not, uh, if not caught in someone else like there's so much theorizing <laughs> it could be any of the characters from the first movie and i feel yeah. like I, I feel like the the characters in this it's like hey they're so minor that you never saw them coming and i'm like well yeah because it's, it's uninteresting because they, they are just these minor characters in the background yeah like it, it feels like it's just a surprise just to be a surprise versus the first one where it feels like, oh, there's a legitimate like reason and thought put into why these people are doing this. Yeah, because right. in, the, in the first movie, it was like, okay, sure, Matthew Lillard was maybe a little bit smaller, but he he, he, he yeah. felt like a bigger character in Scream 1 than either of these two did in Scream 2. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. And then Billy's like the second main character. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, prominent characters be turned out to be the killers and like you know, it turns out that that uh, she tur- she's uh, Billy's mother, right? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, that that's a fine motive for what she's doing. But I'm like, and obviously you then think, well, okay, so Sydney, as soon as she sees her, knows who it is, right? And I'm like, well, yeah. why didn't you hint at it earlier in the film? Why not have a moment in the film where she like intentionally av- like avoids Sydney, right? And have it be something we kind of notice but don't really understand why. And then we get to this point, and it's like. Oh no! It's like it's because Cindy would recognize her immediately and know who she is. Yeah, you know, it, but it never really did anything that. So it's like, okay, you, you've you've done that, but like I don't know, um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's weird because it feels like it's trying to do bigger things and how wacky it is, but everything feels actually more muted in the first film. Like, yeah, because once again, both killers have guns, right? But seeing seeing the end of the first film and Billy and and uh whatever Matthew Lillard's character was called, um Dewey not Dewey that's this this uh Dewey <laughs> um oh god I forgot yeah, his character I, name. I I completely forget yeah what yeah. his name but was there's a point where they're like stabbing each other and shooting each other and they're just covered in blood and it feels like we're going down madness it feels like chaos is unleashed yeah. and like we're really descending into their like psychotic nature. Here it just kind of there's a couple of gunshots and it just kind of feels lukewarm. Like it doesn't feel like yeah. anything really severe is really happening. Um, also, Dewey is like the Terminator apparently because he is now even, like <laughs> killed in both movies but shown up at the end alive. They well, said like, oh, luckily, like they stabbed him in some scar tissue or something. I'm like, uh, does that make much of a difference? <laughs> like, but uh the and i feel like in the first movie yeah like matthew lillard's character like if you go back and watch it like you can kind of see that he's like kind of crazy and unhinged and stuff mm. like this it definitely feels like more of a switch with timothy oliphant where like it's like you know he's, he seems like pretty normal throughout the movie like until 
yeah, the end, it just seems like all of a sudden, oh, wait, no, yeah, now I'm like super, super crazy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to believe it on the movie said. It's all about the yeah. trial, baby. It's all about the trial. <laughs> um, and it, it it really felt like he was just a shitty version of Matthew Lillard's character because it oh, that that Definitely. line it's all about the trial just reminded me of these days said you got to have a sequel like it reminded me of that line so much yeah. and I was like it just feels like we're doing kind of the same thing again, um, so yeah like as much as like I don't hate this movie and is like because the other set because the other big set piece I'd argue is probably when the two detectives who are bodyguarding said are trying to oh, take yeah. her out of town and the you know the car get crashes after the killer attacks. And that, that could have been. You, you really don't need this scene. Mm. Um, and we have this scene where Sydney and her roommate have to sneak out the car, but because it's a cop car and there's like a cage up and the back doors won't open, they have to crawl through the hole in the cage and then sneak mm. past over the killer's lap to get out the window. Um, yeah. And I did this, but it's a fine set piece in, t- in terms of concept. Like, yeah, okay, you have to sneak past the killer without waking him up. And I'm like. Hey, okay, they've made sure they've got no weapons, so because otherwise you just stab him, right? You just stab the killer while he's yeah. sitting there. Um, and of course, the killer does some fancy, like you know, teleporting moves here because he he's, he's not there anymore because Sydney has to know who it is, and then after Rumi gets yeah. stabbed. And it's like I feel I completely forgot about this scene. Like a lot of the stuff I felt like was like really memorable. Like even before watching this again, again, it, you know, it'd been a while, but I still remember, you know, the opening scene and the mm-hmm. ending and like, you know, Randy getting pulled into the van and stuff like, yeah, this whole, like you said, the movie is like two hours. Like you, you definitely could have cut some stuff. And I feel like, yeah, maybe this scene didn't really need I, to be there that much. I, I think what's weird about it is just from a pacing point of view is, uh, I feel like you have the whole stuff with Dewey and Gale, and then it kind of cuts to Sydney after that, and we're with her for a long time. She, you know, after this scene, she runs to the theater, and then we get this whole thing that plays out over like fifteen minutes of like, mm-hmm. if, you know, first it's it's uh, Timmy the Elephant, and then he introduces the other mm-hmm. killer, and then he gets shot by by Billy's mom, and then we have more monologues, and it's like, ah, your mother took my husband, and then you took my <laughs> son. I'm gonna kill you. Blah 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 yeah. blah. Um, and I, th- I think she's I th- again. I think Laurie Metcalf's good. Because she's a great actress. She's she's given it all she's got, and like yeah. she makes it far more interesting than, than what it would be otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, but there's something about Scream Two and about <laughs> who the killers are and why they're doing it and just the kills themselves. It all feels a little bit undercooked to me. It all, it all feels kind of like we had to make a sequel quickly. We churned this out in a year. And mm-hmm. this is what we came up with. Yeah, it, it feels like you just maybe need a little more polish, uh, maybe a little bit more balance between, uh, l- like you mentioned, the you know before the first one, it uh, you know is a meta horror movie, but it's also still like just works on its own as a good slasher, uh, which I, I feel like maybe this could have used a little bit more balance between like uh, yeah, like still make it like a good decent horror movie, but you know also have that meta you know sequel idea in there and it just feels like yeah at times it's just leaning more into like one or the other like it's... yeah joe joe i thought was annoying actually is that i feel like there's some actually good ideas in here for like sort of mechanical evolutions of the concepts right like the scene where mm-hmm. like the, he phones randy and he's with gail and he's with dewey and it's like hey like Whoever that's because they know someone's watching them, right? Because they can see them. Mm. It's like okay, someone in the 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 campus right now in this outdoor outdoor area. Some the killer's here on the mm. phone somewhere, and they, mm. they, they so they, so they split up and try and find whoever the killer is, right? And I'm mm. like, 
this is a neat concept from from a conceptual point of view i can see how this scene plays out and works this idea that they know the killer's around on a phone they're looking for the killer uh they kind of play a little bit later on in the in the library because someone like cindy's computer says you know i'm gonna <laughs> die that. tonight they get that old ass like I am screen. Yeah, um, and like I feel like there was more to do here. There was more to develop here, and like okay, now we know how the killer operates and the rules from the first film. Like flip it on its head. Like uh, you know, it, it makes jokes about sequels and it, it points out like what sequels do and how this is going to kind of one up it. But I feel like it never actually goes far enough in terms of like I feel like I want the meta stuff to go further and be cleverer but i also wanted to be more of a horror movie at the same time and i, I get that, that maybe sounds like i'm asking for something impossible but i don't think it is i i think that no it's yeah i mean well that's probably i i didn't realize they came out so close together i mean that's probably what you get when you have to like rush something mm-hmm. you know a year after uh but yeah it definitely doesn't feel like as clever as it should be no um and yeah, you know, I, I hate to just you know compare it to Cabin in the Woods, but I think Cabin in the Woods is is such a wonderful film because it it, it does all these things, and it definitely I and mean, Cabin in the Woods is definitely less of a straight up horror movie because it is such a high concept in what it's doing, right? It's you know it's this idea of these people in a lab watching what's going on and stuff, but like that movie like devotes itself to every idea it has, like every idea it has is explored to the fullest extent. Whereas this, it feels like it's just kind of skimming the surface of the sequel stuff, as opposed to yeah. really delving into it full force. Yeah, instead of actually, like, legitimately going for it, it feels like maybe more, like, fan service stuff. Like, mm. oh, since, you know, uh, Randy has the horror movie rules in the first one, we're going to have him give the sequel rules in this one, which is, like, a cool thing, but if it feels like less of a, you know, interesting meta-commentary and more of just a uh a beat that we're just redoing from the first one yeah um and it's funny because obviously randy gets killed and mm-hmm. that's the you know fine but it was what's weird though is i think because they they kind of make it look like dewey's been killed off and then bring him back it it really makes it feel like they don't have the balls to like kill him off but yeah. I, I can't say they don't have the balls to kill anyone off in the first movie because you know randy's still there but it's something that becomes a problem going forward because typically the people from the first movie are pretty safe uh yeah randy's the exception to that rule <laughs> yeah uh yeah that's a that, that's a kind of another problem is they introduce a lot of new characters but i i mean yeah like you already kind of mentioned it but it's like none of them actually really get that much like you know time to shine or anything like especially when you have you know really good interesting people like you know sarah michelle geller like you know yeah. that, that must have been like a pretty big name at the time like I mean, yeah, this was late nineteen ninety seven. So, well, no, nah, because not quite yet. This this came out. Well, like Buffy would have just been like the year before. But or? Buffy started March nineteen ninety seven. This came out in December ninety seven. Oh, okay. So, so Buffy would have been about oh, okay. nine episodes into season two. So I don't know how big she would have been in terms of like household okay. name by that point. Uh, uh, fair, but uh, like she really doesn't have like anything to do in this movie. Yeah, no, she doesn't. Uh, she 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 has one scene in the film class, and she's quite good in the film class scene. Uh, mm-hmm. She, she it, it's funny because even her dialogue feels like they're trying to do a Buffy speak at one point because she she says something like, <laughs> uh, "Oh, th- th- those two broke up like two episodes ago," and I'm like, "That was that was that was, that, that felt like a really Buffy line to me." Uh, <laughs> maybe it's just because it's her and the way she says it, but <laughs> like yeah. that was a Buffy line, and you know she's just there so we have a we have a kill scene at the you know the, the 25 minute mark. We had a kill scene here. 
So, you know, because right after this, Sydney gets a call in the house. And I, I suppose, yes, the fact that she's, uh, the, you know, Cece's been killed clears out the, 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 the sorority house because they all leave to go check what's going on. But, like, did you really need that be- right before this scene where the, the killer calls Sydney? Why couldn't Sydney just be on her own? Kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I guess maybe it's saying that even when she's surrounded by a crowd of people, she's still in danger. But yeah. it never really feels like it makes that point. It, it, it just kind of happenstance. Um, and then we get yeah. the it's the boyfriend section of the film. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I I guess if I was to round out my feelings on Scream Two, it's just that it's perfectly serviceable and there's a lot of fun mm. moments in it, but ultimately it's a really bland film. Mm-hmm. I think bland's the word I'd use to describe it overall. Mm-hmm. Not bad, but just bland. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like, it, it does some interesting stuff, but it's just, uh, it, it's just lacking. Um, I, I kind of want more, and I, it, it's been a while since I watched it, so I was actually re, uh, as excited to rewatch it because I, you know, um, I like I didn't remember like super hard what my feelings were, and, and again, like recently, I, I feel like I've heard people saying like, no, like Scream Two is like really, really good, and so I was like, oh, cool. And then, yeah, watching it was just like. You know, again, it's you know, it's it's definitely not bad. I did have fun with it, but mm. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. Um, one thing, I actually, do do want to talk about real quick is the uh, the Open. opening scene yeah. we really haven't touched upon. But uh, let me ask you something: if if this is what going to the movies was like, would you ever go to the movies? No, no. <laughs> again, I, I would never go to the movies if it was like this. They, they, it's like they go to this movie theater and there's people like just riding around in costumes, screaming up and down the aisles. Yeah. And I, I have so many questions. So I mean, first of all, like I mean, and you know, I live in Los Angeles, so I have gone to like you know, like a decent amount of like sneak preview events and stuff where they want people to get hyped, but never anything where they're like giving out like you know full masks and props and want people to put them on and chase each other around and pretend to like kill each other and it is just like so like i I hate whenever anyone is you know talking during a movie this would like drive me insane if there was ever uh, a theater experience like this oh yeah i'd hate this this is this this would be dire for me um Joe, Joe, I th- this this opening seems really weird actually, because like there's a couple of moments where it feels like it gets kind of just cartoony. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. There's, there's a moment where Jada Pinkett Smith sort of leans over to her date and says, uh, "You want some popcorn?" It's, it's actually not even our date; it's, it's after the date's been killed, and it's the it's the, it's the killer in yeah. the mask, <laughs> uh, pretending to be him. Um, and it just it feels like such a cartoony line to me. I think her death's really bad as well. Like see 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 when she goes up and climbs up in front of the, the screen yeah. and she kind of slowly dies in front of everyone and they're all kind of staring. I don't know, like something yeah. about it just feels off. It's it's really strange. And I have <sighs> I, I have so many questions. Like I wanna know is is this like opening night? Uh or has this been out for a while and people like are in love with this masked uh serial killer? Because no, it seems like people are a special preview. <clears throat> Does it say right, cause, that? Cause like, it say that at one point. Okay, because the way like people are donning the mask and running around as this killer, like it seems like people are treating him like there's some like beloved horror icon or something, which I, I just think is like really weird for people that have never seen this movie before. Also, it's like it's one thing if you're 
you know, putting on a hockey mask and pretending to be Jason, but these are based on like what would probably have been a huge, huge real life news story. So it does feel weird to people be like, you know, that, that would be like if, uh, you know, like a couple of years after like Jeffrey Dahmer or something, like they did a Dahmer movie and people were dressing up like mm-hmm. him and running around and be like, like it seems like so like something people wouldn't do. Yeah. And, and then like, um, I can forgive some of this for the satire side of it, where it's sort of taking it right, to the yeah, extreme. Yeah, yeah. And, like, but I almost feel like the, the, the more like the more impactful kind of like scene here might have been that no one did realize this was real. That because at one point someone says, "Oh, they thought yeah. it was a publicity stunt or something like that." The idea that they would let this dead woman just lie there and not know what was going on and just cheer that she's dying or something like that—that that actually make make more of a dramatic point, I think. And well, it, like yeah, I think that it's it's just so over the top that because uh, I think it's a great i like an awesome idea to since it is like meta and everything that to start this as like the opening for the movie but yeah it, it's just kind of so over the top it, it doesn't really work uh, i think as well as it should have like again if you are going for a more comedic over the top satirical kind of thing it's fine but again if you want to do something that's like meta but also still like a generally good slasher movie i think they could have dialed it back and made it a lot better yeah uh um, and one thing that actually bothers me about it too, I, I, don't, I don't know if this stood out to you, but like this crowd is so like crazy and rambunctious and everything. And then uh, at one point, like, uh, you know, Jada says something like, you know, she like screams at the screen, like, Ooh, like, you know, don't go there or something. And like, everyone turns around and like looks angry at her. I know. Cause she spoke. But it's like, <laughs> it's like you, everyone is throwing popcorn, jumping out of their seats, pretending to kill people. And like, you're going to get mad at the one person that like spoke up <laughs> during the movie. Like that, it, that was insane, insane that like they, they yeah, were, that, that, was, that was weird. It's because she was being negative. She was being negative. She was criticizing it. So they're I'm all sure. like, eh, don't criticize the movie. Eh. <laughs> How dare you, you don't like this, you know, real life killer. Go, go, go watch your Sandra Bullock film. Man. Yeah, uh, and then uh, do we ever find out the the reason why they were killed? Uh, like, the, the, is it just their names? Because the, the, everyone's got a name that they share with uh, someone in the first movie. Although to be honest, that plot points kind of just dropped after they bring it up and realize that that's what's happening. I oh wow, that completely blew past me. I, I don't see, think see, I, I even no, noticed that. <laughs> the scene in the police station where they, they point out that it's a copycat because uh, because. Um... Because CC's real name is Casey. There was a character in the first name named Casey. Uh, uh, Jada's name was Maureen. You know Maureen Prescott, uh, and oh, the boyfriend okay. was Stevens, I think. Which was you know like it was all it was all like the same names as characters in the first movie. But after that, oh, after that scene, it's irrelevant. It never really comes up again or matters for the whole movie. Yeah, and that's crazy. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Because had had they kept uh, going with yeah. that, that might have been interesting. It was like, okay, now we have an idea who might be targeted because of their names, and like, how yeah. how do we tackle that? But after that point, it didn't matter. It was just it just continued as a normal, you know, killers after yeah, people yeah. movie. <laughs> it makes yeah, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Now that I think about it, <laughs> you, you introduced this idea that the the targeting people with those names, and then you just kind of after that forget about it. It's actually kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I really, I feel like I've sounded really negative, and it's because I, I think it has got a lot of problems. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think it's perfectly watchable, but it's kind of lacking the bait the first one did, and I think it, 
you know, I, I said it was bland, and I, I kind of say that because I feel like it's lacking the atmosphere that the first one had. Um, mm. uh, one one final thing I do want to mention though is uh, a Cotton, like he comes in at the end and kind of saves the day. <laughs> but there's kind of a standoff where like, like you know, Billy's mom's like hiding behind Sydney. And she's saying, hey, just let me kill her. She put you in prison for a year. Let me kill her. And then, you know, we can talk about what we'll do after. And he's basically, looks like he's being convinced. And then Sydney says, oh, that Diane Sawyer interview you wanted to do, consider it done. And then, then he shoots the bad guy. And I'm like, <laughs> and he, he kind of claims afterwards, like, I would never hurt you. You know, I wasn't actually being serious there. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Nothing about it actually feels like you weren't being serious everything about it feels like you were going along with the killer for a split second because yeah that was going to get you what you want um and there's, <laughs> there's almost like the ending of sydney's arc is that she says hey don't talk to me press go talk to cotton he's the real hero and i'm like i i, I guess the and there's a way to sell this to me you could tell me that she never really apologized to him for putting him away in, in prison for a year right and the arc of this movie is that at the end, she sits, she makes it clear to the press because she's never done any interviews. She's turned everyone down. She doesn't want to talk about it in public. But she talks in public just to sort of clear his name and say, hey, like, he, he they, and not even that he's a hero, just that he's not a killer. He's not a bad guy. You know, I made a mistake. Yeah. Right? If the movie's arc was to build up to her finally saying that in public because she kind of owed him that at, at the very least, like, hey, I, I like like I, 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 obviously she didn't do it maliciously she she just she genuinely believed what she she believed but she she's like you know if the movie was about her like kind of like publicly apologizing to him or, or giving him a a boost but even right after she does that he's like there's a time and a price for everything journalists you know it's like mm. I don't know I just I feel like don't make him so like sleazy and. He- yeah, it could have been more likable, for yeah. sure. Make, make him a bit more likable so that I care that she's forgiven him. Uh, and then it feels like at the end, it's like a, just like an afterthought. It's not like the movie feels like it's been building up to this point. That's not her arc. Um, what is her arc in this movie? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, it, it's... <sighs> she kind of... She, she kind of... Hmm, it's harder. I mean, you can say she has none. I mean, that is. I'm not convinced like she has none. I, th- I think. I, I think. I think it's really murky. I, I think it's it's going in a lot of directions. Um, one it could be you could say she's getting over her fear, uh, and whatever. But I, it feels kind of murky that that's if you even suggest that because I don't think everything adds up in that sense. Uh, yeah. You could suggest that. It's about her learning to trust people again. But the problem is, at the start of the movie, like she does trust her boyfriend. It's not until after the doubt comes in, because it's kind of suspicious that she starts to doubt him. And then yeah. they play with that a little bit at the end, but it, I don't know. I don't know. It's murky. Yeah, they could have definitely done more with her. but uh... Yeah, because <laughs> if, that, if that was a central arc, is the idea of building up to actually forgiving mm-hmm. Cotton... Um, like properly and publicly, like you could do something with that. You could you could do with this like her her accepting her uh, culpability in what happened to him. You know, as as much as you, it's understandable, and you you don't think she's awful for it. Like her accepting that could be maybe like an interesting arc uh, for a movie. Um, yeah. As it is, it's I don't know. It's a sequel. It's got a lot of ideas, and a lot of them feel undercooked. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, like I, I also don't want to come off as being like too negative because like overall I do enjoy it and I do have fun watching it and stuff. But like, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where like you're almost disappointed in it because you're like, I feel like you could have done better. <laughs> I feel I feel like Sydney's plot is actually the least interesting thing about the movie. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because uh, Dewey and Gale and even even Randy, I think they're all the more interesting characters. And which is, is weird saying that because I should love Stream 3 because of that, because there's less Sydney and more of them. <laughs> but Stream 3, you'll, you'll hear my thoughts when we get to it, but it ain't going to be positive. Ooh, <laughs> I promise you that. So it's it's weird. It's weird. I Yeah. Scream 2. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Uh. It is it yeah. stream two is the definition of it's an okay sequel <laughs> sure yeah that's i can't argue with that what are you rating stream two tim <clears throat> uh oof, yeah, it is a kind of tough um because yeah i was thinking like uh that I don't think I can go as high as a, a seven, but I don't want to go super low. So I don't know. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, trying to think between like a six or a 6.5. I think, um, I think for now I'll, I'll just go with a straight six. Um, it is, it is good. I do enjoy it more than I dislike it, but uh, yeah, again, it's just, it's a letdown with the first one and there's stuff they really could have, you know, done better with. And, uh, and again, it just, um interesting sequel ideas but just never feels like it goes as far uh enough as it could have yeah um yeah i I was thinking between a 5.5 and a straight six that was kind of where i was had had my my kind of thoughts on it It, Mm. i i I don't know like there's something about stream (laughs) 2 that i've just always felt was kind of bland and while i appreciate some of the sequel stuff it does i don't think it does enough with it and gets inventive enough so uh, I'm going to say it is a perfectly watchable 5.5. Okay. There we go. So, <laughs> so that's super high ratings, uh, and I'm I'm willing to bet you money that Stream 3 is going to be lower. So uh, we'll see that next time we come back to the Stream franchise. Uh, but that has been Stream 2, so by all means, let us know what you think of Stream 2 in the, the comments below, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight for, for your Streams After Midnight uh, banter, horror movie news, and general horror chatter. Uh, you can go do that. Uh, if you want to support us and support the show and the channel and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv where you can support us for as little as a dollar per month and you get a bonus episode once per month. Uh, you also get to vote on movies in the $5 tier, but you get a bonus episode once a month in the $1 tier. So that'll just cost you $1 and however many episodes have already out because we started doing that in like April uh, this year. Uh, so there'll probably be like at least three episodes there by now for you for your $1. Uh, so go have a look at that stuff. Um, and if I'm promoting anything else, uh, it's worth mentioning we have other movie shows, of course. Uh, not not with Tim. T- Tim's a streams exclusive, <laughs> but um, you can get me and Connor talking about uh, various random movies on 121 in Flux, and you can get me and Tara talking about science fiction movies on uh, the Atomic Cinema Experiment, aka The Ace. So go and uh, check out those two podcasts if you're interested in more movie content from Melfuzz. Uh, but otherwise, keep it here for, for, your, for your scary, spooky horror movies, and uh, one day I'll actually think of an outro catchphrase for streams. It's weird. We're over 300 episodes, Tim, and I've still not thought of <laughs> one. But uh, that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys. 
We'll see you next time.